You're listening to the Husker Cuzcast Sports Show, the official podcast of HuskerHype.com. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hey guys, Justin here along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler. Here we are sitting at 0-4 now. Uh, Nebraska lost to Purdue 42-28 to at home. Uh, sucked. Derek, just take it away from here. <laughs> Mistakes. They keep happening. I don't know why. Penalties, stupid penalties. A guy's out of bounds. You hit him. You get roughing the passer penalties. One of them I thought was bullshit, but the other one was completely legitimate. And it doesn't matter if it was a bullshit call. You got it called because you've been such a penalized team to begin with. And I mean, and and, and the in the freedom that one killed it because like it was third and twenty, an incomplete pass, and then all of a sudden you give them another free first down. Uh, the the special teams. The coverage part was a little was quite a bit better this week, but then you have the bonehead move by Jerome Woodyard, who uh, muffs a kickoff in the end zone, and for whatever god awful reason decides to just take it out of the end zone. I don't know why he didn't just down it. Like uh, again, just we keep pissing down our legs every chance we get, and I don't. I blows me away. Like we should have won this game. You look at the stats; it's a game we should have won. But again, we pissed down our legs so many times that we just gave them points. So, Tyler, both you and Derek had picked Nebraska to beat Purdue last week. Where did it go wrong against Purdue? You, you know, this game, it, it played out not far away from what I thought it was going to. I thought Purdue was going to have success throwing the ball in the air. I thought we were going to have success moving the ball. I just ultimately thought we were going to do it more than they did. And you know what? We did. We just can't get out of our ways like Derek was saying at the penalties. The penalties are the reason why we lost this game. You know, I was in attendance at that game, and the crowd was really, really anti-refs. Um, and some of these calls rightfully so. But at the end of the day, there were a lot of penalties that were probably the right flags to be called. Um, I don't know where the black shirts have gone. Colorado, I thought they looked pretty good with the pass rush. I thought our run defense was going to hold up a little bit better this week. They, they really they need to rebound quickly because they have completely fallen off the train. Isn't it troublesome how you know we for the second time we've racked up near 600 yards total offense and can only score 28 points that we the we just can't find the end zone. Uh, it seems to be more of a trend than an, an anomaly at this point. Uh, Derek, what, what do you think about that? Again, it comes down to penalties and bonehead moves. Like, and, and Adrian Martinez had a bonehead move. It when when we were driving down and Tanner Farmer just rolled the ball back to him in a snap, and instead of just throwing it away, he ends up running out of bounds and we lose seven yards, and that, and that killed the drive. Uh, you know, you know, uh, another one. I talked about the. Uh, the bullshit pass or uh, roughing the passer penalty, but maybe the even bigger penalty, or probably not bigger because it didn't. I mean, but the very next play, uh, Eric Lee got a face mask penalty on a play that was away from the field, it or away from it was it was on the other side of the field from the play, and it's like 
come on, guys. The, it, yeah. to, to me, it's defense. Like The offense, we do need to get the ball in the end zone more. You're, you're right. And, and, and I, I do think there were a lot of bad calls in this in this game, but it, is, it wasn't just on Nebraska. Like I, there was uh, that long Divina Zigbo run in the fourth quarter. There, there was a play, or on that play, there was an offensive lineman that had a guy had a uh, defensive lineman by the front of his jersey and the back of his jersey. He was completely sideways. Like that should have been a holding call, and they missed it. Like it wasn't just a bad officiating just on Nebraska. Like it was just a terrible officiating game overall. They missed a, a face mask penal, penalty on Deontay Williams on our only sack. Uh, I, again, we're just we 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 move the ball fine between the twenties, and then we get to inside that red zone, and we just start doing stupid shit, and it, you know, yeah. hold, holding penalties, and just just I, I don't know, I, I don't know how you fix it, I don't know what to blame it on, uh, but something something's got to be done, and. I think yeah, the coaches the coaches are starting to head in the right direction by benching some of these guys and putting different guys in, and I think the move with uh, moving Tanner Farmer into center and Bo Wilson starting at guard this week uh, is a big move. I think that's a, I think it's the right move. I, I, nothing against Cole Conrad, but he just isn't a good center, and I think Tanner Farmer is probably a better center overall. Bo Wilson got the start last week, but it was because Tanner Farmer had the flu or whatever bug he had. And when once Cole Conrad got hurt, they had no choice but to bring Tanner Farmer in at center. So hopefully that helps the offensive line quite a bit. Tyler. So, you know, Justin, you go back and say, you talk about what we need to change, what's different. In, in the penalties, we agree is shooting ourselves. What, what I have a problem with is our absolute failure to execute in key situations. We went over 3 on 4th down. We, we cannot convert a fourth and short to save our lives. We went four for 12 on third down. You know, we racked up 600 yards of offense, which is fine and dandy, but it does nothing when you always choke drives away with penalties, not converting third down, um, no fourth downs. I mean, we, we are not, we do not execute when we needed to. And, and the best example of this in a more of a macro sense would be in the fourth quarter. We had turned that game into a two touchdown game. Our offense was moving like through them like butter. We were doing everything we can. We have momentum. We finally had the momentum since like the first drive of the game. And what happens? Our offense sputters out of control at that point. Martinez can no longer complete passes. Um, he, you know, makes that bad interception. You know, the bonehead play that Derek was talking about. You know, I, I just, I think Frost needs to find ways in key moments of games to have an offensive play calls that are going to be successful because it's not the talent of this offense. It's executing when it matters. I want to add to that, Tyler, uh, because you're talking about the fourth down conversions and Scott Frost was supposed to be an offensive genius. Isn't it troublesome? We're what one in seven, one for seven off on fourth downs this year. How does he not have a go-to play to get you a couple yards when needed? I mean, the what he's doing on fourth down, that's an embarrassment out there. It's its not only the play call, it's the package. When That very first fourth down, uh, I think it was fourth and two, they had Greg Bell in when Zigbo had been looking great. I think he had the wrong personnel in there. You know, everything is second-guessing since we didn't get it. But that's what it comes down to. And the other two fourth down calls were just... They were mind-boggling, truthfully. What do you think about that, Tyler? 
Well, I agree. I, I, I don't know if I've seen us run a really truly successful RPO um, all season. And on fourth and one or fourth and two, whatever it was at that point, we dialed that up. And, you know, I we had success moving. And what I didn't like about that call is say you get the first down. There's three minutes and 30 seconds left in the game, roughly. You need to score a touchdown. You've been doing pretty well moving it in 10, 15-yard chunks. Um, I don't get it. And, and another thing on that offensive game, I think, you know, I was at the stadium. J.D. Spielman was lined against linebackers about 10 different times that game. I don't know why we weren't checking into more pass attempts until the third quarter when we started burning them on that. And it was open all game, and it took forever to get there. Like, it, it just, it, it, it wasn't, there was more than just penalties for the reason we lost this game. Derek? Yeah, you're right. And, and part of it comes back on the defense, too. Like, again, we have another slow start. Uh, DJ Knox, I want to talk about him for just a second, that running back. Uh, you know, his first five carries, he had 65 yards. 65 yards on five carries to, to start the game. And and it was terrible. Like, he had a 42-yard touchdown. I mean, you can't have that. And they, But after that, they settled down and stopped the guy. Like, he had 87 yards total off or total running the game. So after those five carries, you you held the guy to twelve or uh, twenty two yards. I, they did pretty good at stopping him, and then the one guy that really worried me the most was uh, Rondell Moore. And I thought they did a really good job of holding him in check, especially on special teams. And really, outside of one good slant pass that he caught, that Ben Stilley had to come up and tackle him thirty yards down the field. You take that play away, and all of a sudden, you really shut him down in the pass game as well. Uh, Bryson Hopkins killed us, though. Like, I don't know how we didn't cover a tight end all day long, but we did not cover that guy at all, all day. The guy had, I mean, they should have been throwing this guy all day. He had five five receptions for 103 yards. I mean, there was just nothing, nothing he was there open every every play, it seemed like. Hey, Derek, so, so I guess when you look at that game, whose fault was it? I mean, on the field, don't blame the coaches of the scheme. Whose fault was it that was blowing those coverages? Uh, well, I know Trey Neal was a big one on one of them because it was we were in man coverage and Trey Neal had gone into uh, he went to go cover one of the slot receivers instead of covering the tight end where he was he was responsible for that tight end. Uh, it, it was just that's that's the thing about this team is like God you can, you can't blame any one person it's it's everybody. There was a time that uh, Mo Berry was out of place and they and they ended up catching it. Now Mo Berry ended up making the tackle so he made up for it. But he was out of place in that pass, and then he was wide open. Ended up getting ten yard. No, it was a second and nineteen, and he and he he ended up making the tackle rise. He made the first down, but again, you were out of place and left him wide open. So I, there's and 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 look I, to me, everyone wants to talk about how good uh, Mo Berry, how good of a game Mo Berry had. And he did have a good game. I don't want to take anything away from that kid. He's got heart. He was the only one playing with the most. He played with the most fire of anybody on that defense. Uh, but the but the guy that had the 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 uh, best game to me was DiCaprio Boodle. Like they picked on him all game long, and he had I think uh, three or four pass breakups in that game. And he had the one bad inter- uh, pass interference at the beginning of the game, which kind of hurt us. But overall, that guy that guy is good. I, I think he's he just needs to learn to maybe I don't know intercept the ball a little bit, but. I did not realize this. You guys realize that he is right now number four in pass breakups in the nation. 
with with number of pass breakups with ten. He's also he's, number, he's, he's actually he, he well he's leading the nation and pass breakups per game with two and a half. So I mean, for as bad as we we anticipate these cornerbacks being, I, I think that the see to see Boodle step up the way he is has been inspiring at least. So I think there's a lot of you know there's a lot of good things that came out of this game. You know, granted that we we were like down three scores for most of the game, but individual effort. You know, we talked about J.D. Spielman a little bit. He had, he had a great game. Uh, the defensive guys that you're talking about, but I thought the guy that stole the show for me was a guy that I never really thought about much until this game. That was Divine Zigbo. That guy was an absolute beast, and it has shown that. Uh, his efforts did not go unnoticed with the coaching staff. So now he's uh, the number one uh, starter at uh, running back on the depth chart. There's He's not sharing it anymore. There's no co-ones. He took it over, and he looks good. Derek? I, okay. I, I agree with you, everything you just said, and I, and I hope the best for this kid, and I really hope that he shows up next week and does the same thing, or this weekend. What I mean, you know what I mean. But before we crown this guy, this great player, understand that in in the first three games that we played, he ran 14 14 times for 60 yards at at a 4.2% average. Against Troy, it was 9 for 25 yards for uh, 2.7 per carry. And Michigan, whatever, nobody ran good against Michigan. So, I mean, I, I would like to see some consistency from him before I start hailing him the great running back. That was an impressive game. It was awesome. I love seeing any time a running back gets 10 yards per carry is phenomenal. And I love seeing it, and I hope he can continue it. But I hear a lot of people well, talking about he like he's the, the best running back that we got. Well, I don't, I'm not so convinced of that because we've seen the, the best running back in three different games, and it's been three different players. So, Well, in, the, uh, in this game, they just kept feeding the hot hand. He was hot, and they just kept feeding him. You know, you didn't see a lot Absolutely. of Greg Bell in the game, and so I think they just need to be more consistent with that. Feed that hot hand, uh, it, it, whoever that is. But you're, you're, uh, it, it was good to see. You're, you're absolutely right. They did feed the hot hand. It also helped the fact that you know Washington was out with an illness, so he didn't play. Uh, yeah. Greg Bell apparently had a bad week of practice, so he only had two carries for two yards the whole game. So they obviously had no faith in him in that game. And and that's fine. I, you're right. Go with the hot hand. And now Frost is saying that all three of those guys had the best practice that he's seen any of them have. So well, hopefully Greg, against Wisconsin. Greg Bell, was, Greg Bell was also the one that kind of did the little dancing before, on that fourth and two. I mean, he danced before he got vertical, and that's just bad. Uh, Tyler, any other positive points that you want to point out? Yeah, I, I, I'm, you know, one guy that did get mentioned, and, you know, he didn't have the greatest game, but Stanley Morgan, you know, Justin, you've hated on this guy for a while, but the, that guy, he plays with a level of intensity and whatnot, and I, I watched him on blocking, and Frost talked about this too. I mean, that guy gets out there, and he tries his best, and he gets as excited about a good block as a good catch. Uh, I don't know how you ever hated on the guy. This guy is everything you want in a Husker. I'm not. I'm not taking that bait, Tyler. Go ahead, Derek. <laughs> I, I think the other encouraging thing in this game was uh, the tight ends and and the fact that they were actually involved in this game. Like we had talked about what the tight ends were supposed to bring to the to this offense, and through three games we had seen nothing out of them. 
And now, and now you had Jack Stoll with four four catches for fifty one yards, and Kurt Raftel had a catch, and, uh, and and I know he's not a tight end, but let me ask you guys this: How excited were you guys to see Cade Warner start getting some catches? Like that was cool, right? Yeah, absolutely. That was a shock right there when he got the start. That was really cool. But it kind of made me think. I was like, "What's going on in that wide receiver room that Cade Warner's getting the start?" That that kind of. It was interesting. I, I, well, I don't want to piss in that kid's Cheerios, and I'm with you, Derek. I'm very excited for him. I mean, you look back in the Mike Riley era, I think that was one got thing that we really liked is he got some out-of-state walk-ons to come here, and Cade Warner was at the top of that list. But, you know, I, I'm with you, Justin. You know, going into this year, I thought our wide receiver depth was going to be a lot better. And through four games, it doesn't look good. Tyjon Lindsey and Javion McQuitty um, have not developed – Mike Williams and Woodyard, who they brought in, haven't done anything. Um, our, our wide receiver depth is not looking good right now. Um, you know, I, again, right now, I mean, look at Tyjon Lindsay is third on the team at wide receiver receptions, uh, and he has not been impressive at all. I mean, it's just, I think we have a little bit of ways to go at that position group. Well, we're going to have some challenges here as. Uh we rolled to Madison, uh, 6.30 game on BTN, night game in Madison. Tyler, you've been there. Uh, what should we expect out of that atmosphere? You, you, they're a good crowd. I mean, you know, I think they, you know, they get a little bit too much praise. You know, I've had the opportunity to be at a lot of bigger games. I mean, the horseshoe is much more intimidating and impressive to me. Uh, Madison is just a really drunk crowd. And they're going to be drunk. It's probably going to be cold um, like it was against Saturday. Um, so, so the field is the problem. The problem is the team we're playing against. And we're playing, you know, after an 0-4 start, if you just want to talk about what you don't want, is you don't want to play the Badgers right now. I mean, this is a really good team and one that I think we'll Ill, we're ill-prepared to really go face. Derek, what do you see out of this Wisconsin team? Oh, absolutely they're good. There's no denying it. But are we going to get this? Uh, I guess my question is, are we going to get the uh, Wisconsin team that played BYU or the Wisconsin team that played Iowa? Because I think those were two different teams. And we will probably see more of the likes of Iowa than we did BYU. Uh, but going over the stats matchup, I just wanted to uh, mention a few things in here that there, there weren't, we, we, did, we don't lead in a lot of these stats. And, and <laughs> That's not surprising, okay? But the ones that we did lead in actually surprised me a lot. Like tackles for loss, Nebraska is averaging seven point two five tackles for loss a game. For and we're number thirty in the nation. Wisconsin's got five a game, and they're ranked one hundred and first. And sacks, we're averaging three a game. We're ranked twentieth, and they're getting point seven five, and they're one hundred twenty seventh in the nation in sacks. And and for a team that we've always. Um, looked at to have such a great pass rush and such great uh, pressure, it surprises me that we were, we are that we were that much better than them in, the, in those two statistics. But it also goes to the fact that shows you, like on first and second down, Nebraska looks really good. We shut you down. It's just third down. We just fall asleep, and I, I can't understand that. Yeah. Uh, so – I kind of glossed over it. We, we touched on it a little bit, but uh, headed into Wisconsin, there are some depth chart changes. Uh, we talked about uh, Divina Zigbo. Uh, 
Derek, do you want to speak about the the depth chart changes as we head into Wisconsin? Well, I think the obvious one, the the biggest one, was uh, Lamar Jackson's right in pine, and uh, Eric Lee's not going to be starting. And I don't think it's a big surprise. I think when he got benched last week, I think everybody kind of anticipated it happening. Uh, Lamar Jackson's got so much talent. And how he can't figure out how to use it, I don't know. I don't know if it's a lack of want to or if it's a lack of development. I don't, I don't, I don't know what his issue is. But that guy, I mean, he coming out of high school, he was so highly rated. And everyone thought he was going to be this great athlete. And it kind of goes with uh, like Tyjon Lindsay. And that was another one that got dropped off the depth chart for Cade Warner. Uh, and I, that kind of happened more last week than it did this week. Uh, but but these are two highly touted recruits that are now sitting on the bench because they can't prove that they can do it. They can't they can't play get, play in and play out and stay consistent. They're and they're doing stupid crap. I mean, Tyjon Lindsay got in for like two plays, dropped a pass, and got a holding penalty. <laughs> Yeah. I mean that's his two that was two his two highlights in that last game. Uh you know, Lamar Jackson got the holding penalty on the on the interception and, and killed that drive. And I again I just it, it blows me away. I don't know. Tyler, what can Nebraska do to exploit Wisconsin to give us a chance? Uh, um pray. Uh <laughs> You know, I, again, I, I would like to believe our, we'd have the speed to take advantage of them, but that speed hasn't really taken over. I mean, I think if Nebraska wants to beat Wisconsin, we're going to have to put them in passing situations. I mean, and our run defense has been mostly fairly serviceable this year on defense. Um, that That is what we are going to have to do if we're going to want a shot. Did, um, did you just say our run defense has been serviceable? I'm trying to be nice. Uh, I mean, maybe the first two games, but... I mean, what, what did we give up last week? 180 I mean, yards rushing? I mean, it wasn't great, but to Derek's point, you know, uh, we, we settled in a little bit more in the second half. Granted, maybe that's because Purdue got a little bit predictable, but I mean... I mean, Michigan was just a train wreck. It's hard to take much of that game. I, I just, Justin, you're asking me a question. How can we beat Wisconsin? There, There is no easy answer to this. I mean, we need to do things we haven't done. Win the turnover battle, have fewer penalties, and outrush them. And I don't see us being able to do any of those three things if we're going to win this. And, and But that's what we need to do if we want to win this game. All right, Doug, you pump a little bit of sunshine into this conversation. What, what can Nebraska do? Well, to, to, I think what you have to do is you have to get uh, Hornerbrook to have to beat you. Tyler, you're right. You have to get him in passing situations. I think the best thing you can do is stack like eight in a box, maybe go to like a 4-4 defense rather than this 4-3 defense, and just stack the box, stop the run, and make Hornerbrook pass because Hornerbrook's not a great quarterback, and I think he will make some bad mistakes and put pressure on him. Uh, now, can we do that without making stupid penalty mistakes? Eh, I'm not so sure of that. Uh, and offensively, I, I don't know. I, they have a great defense, guys. Like, I, I don't know if we're gonna be able to move the ball much on them. Like, you're gonna, you want this to be a very low scoring game. You want this to be the Big Ten, like ten to seven type of game, but. I don't know if we can keep them that low, and I don't know if we can score enough to really get it done. Do you think that Nebraska has any shot at passing on these guys 
much. I mean, is that where we're going to find success there? Well, I, I think that J.D. Spielman and Stanley Morgan match up against any defense in the country. There, there, there is not a defense that those two individuals cannot beat or exploit. Adrian Martinez, we kind of skewed over him in Purdue, but he played a pretty good game against Purdue. Um, I think we can move the ball in the air. I, I do. I, I think we could put up some maybe more points than Derek thinks. Um, but again, are, are we not going to shoot ourselves in the foot? Because again, if we get third and long against this team, that pressure is going to get to us. That team is too fundamentally sound. Adrian Martinez on the road. I mean, that it's it could be like Michigan. It could be Michigan where they're in his face the whole game. That is highly discouraging, Tyler. I don't want to hear that. I, I actually disagree with you guys. I, like their past defense has been really good this year. Where their their defense has been a little more susceptible is against the run. Like they're fifty first in the country in run in uh, rushing yards per game. So I mean. They're still better than Nebraska, yes, but at the same time, they've they've given up a lot of rushing yards compared to years past with with uh, Wisconsin. So I, I think right now, what you have to do if you're Scott Frost is you you almost have to try to do the Big Ten thing, and I don't think Frost is going to do that. Like you almost have to try and control the clock and and just run the ball and try and keep kind of keep keep their, keep their offense off the field. But I don't think Frost will do that. I don't think he'll change that, and I think he will continue to try and pass and run his up-tempo offense. You know, we were talking about the turnovers a little bit earlier. Uh, you know, we are really poor in the turnover margin. They are really good in the turnover margin. And uh, freshman quarterback going on the road to a hostile environment like that, God, I- I'm I'm really worried that this could get ugly. I, I think you're right, Todd. This could Get ugly. I'm just hoping with everything that we've heard out of the team this week, the team had a, uh, the, a team meeting. I don't know what took so long to have one, but they finally had a team meeting to get on board with uh, the season, and they're, they're on board with Scott Frost. And so I'm hoping, just hoping, that maybe this is going to provide just a little bit of inspiration to surprise pessimistic fans like me right now. Uh, I would just love to see something close like that. Derek? Okay, so you brought up turnover margin, and and yes, we're not good in turnover margin. Uh, d- defense has just got to start figuring out way, figuring out a way to take take the ball away. Like that that play, that play with Rondell Moore, where he's tipping the ball like three different times, and Antonio Reed comes in and gets two hands on the ball and lets Rondell Moore, who's like six inches shorter than him, come down with it. Was it was ridiculous? You can't let that happen. Yeah. Uh, but but you talk about the turnovers on offense. And look, we had three turnovers against Colorado. We had three turnovers against uh, Troy. We only had two turnovers against Michigan. We only have one against Purdue. So we're getting better with the, with the, with turnovers on offense. And and I think it's I think it's good. It's good. Like we don't have yeah. we're not putting the ball on the turf near like we were in those first two weeks. I mean we're not we're not fumbling the ball. Uh, our freshmen, our true freshmen, still still making some bad throws, and, that, and that's what we all expected. But as long as we can keep from Making too many turnovers and, and and dropping the ball like God dang, hold on! If you're getting tackled, hold on to the damn ball. We need to stop. The, we needed to stop the fumbles, and and we and granted, it's still a small sample size here, but we have we have gotten a lot better with that over the last four weeks. Well, and, and it's not just that, Derek. I mean, you talk about the turnovers we have had gotten. 
we need to cause a turnover. I mean, if we want any shot to beat Wisconsin, we need our defense to make a big play. Derek, you talked about Caprio Boodle. That kid right now is runner-up to me for our defensive MVP. I mean, he's put, had a good year. Um, you know, our safeties, you know, they're making the change from Eric Lee to Lamar, or from Lamar Jackson to Eric Lee. Maybe he comes up. Maybe Eric uh, Lamar Jackson gets back in the game and is actually on fire and he lives up to something. Um, but we need to get turnovers. And I think that's only going to happen is if we start with a pass rush. And whatever they did week one, you need to dial that back in, sell out on six-man blitzes, because you may not think Hornerbrook's that good, but I'll tell you this much, I don't trust our DBs and corners enough to not get him pressure and not have him pick us apart. So we, we need to bring pressure and make him have to make quick reads and hope our secondary comes up with big plays. I agree. Uh, final word, Derek? No, I, I agree with you. I just just don't think that – I'm not saying Hornerbrook's not a good quarterback. I think he's one of the better quarterbacks they've had. He was way better than Stavi was, okay? Uh, he's nowhere near what Russell Wilson was. So he's somewhere in between there. I mean, he's a good quarterback. I'm not going to take anything away from the guy. But he is a little bit prone to make some mistakes. And we've seen it in, in recent even, – even so far this year, we've seen him make some mistakes. Uh, but you're right. We need to get some. We need to up some pressure on this guy, and that's why I said. That's why I said earlier. Like, if you want to stop these guys, like, put eight men in a box and and put some pressure on them. Like, shut down the run and put some pressure on this guy, and, and that's what will make him make the mistakes. So I agree with you. Uh, if if we're just putting four guys trying to blitz, yeah, he's got to pick us apart. Well, let's continue this conversation as we bring in our next guest to uh, bring in some. To make some guest picks. What do you guys say? Let's do it. We're now joined by Patrick Harrington, writer at Husker Hype, and also cousin. So, you know, it's Husker Cuzcast all again. Welcome, Patrick. Hello, hello. How are you all doing tonight? Uh, another fantastic week. What did you think of that game this past weekend? I'm trying to block it out. Block it um, out. You know, I... There are spurts. There are spurts of greatness in this team. Uh, I thought the offense looked sporadically really good. I can see what it's trying to be. I love the fact that Devine had his best game uh, of his career with 170. I think Martinez is coming along, but I mean, they need Jack Stark on you know on retainer at this point. There's just a lot of internal stuff going on with this team, and until they figure it out, it's going to be a long season for Husker fans. Ah, I don't want to hear that. Well, are you ready to make some picks? Fire away. All right, Tyler, give us an update. What's the stats? So I think I made a mistake. Um, I, I had Justin going 6-0 and last week, and that Damn. just doesn't seem accurate. Derek, Derek do you think I was right on that? No, I think we're getting pencil whipped here. Yeah, I think I think I screwed up. Um, no, Ju- Justin went six and zero. Oh, Derek and I went four and two, and our guest continued to dominate. Went five and one. Um, yeah, uh, we should have picked against Nebraska too, Derek. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> <laughs> so that that brings the season standings to our guests having nineteen and ten. Derek sixteen and thirteen. Justin is now above a winning record. At fifteen and fourteen, and I am oh. thirteen and sixteen. I'm catching you, Derek. I'm catching you. 
He'll make some bonehead uh, picks this week. I'm not too worried. Uh, let's see if that holds true. The first game goes to you, Derek. Number 19, Texas, versus number 7, Oklahoma. And Oklahoma's I'm prob- eight point favorites. And I'm probably making the first bonehead pick of the week. Uh, oh, here it is. Okay. Look, I'm not, I'm not impressed with with Oklahoma. They, you know, they struggled against Army, went into overtime with Army. I know Army's not a terrible team, but it's a team they should have beat pretty handily. Uh, they haven't really faced anybody. They've put, faced uh, Florida Atlantic, UCLA, who's just a dumpster fire right now, Iowa State, who's an okay team, and Army and Baylor. Those are the only teams they've played. Texas has beat a good TCU team. And an OK USC team. I, I think Texas is a more battle tested team right now, and I think Texas finds a way to pull out this win. Tyler, you know, you could talk about Army, but last week Oklahoma scored sixty six points against Baylor. Kyle Murray has seventeen touchdowns and three interceptions, and over the last three games, the kid has completed seventy five percent of his passes. Oklahoma's a better team. I got Oklahoma winning this game fairly easily. Patrick? Um, to be honest, uh, Oklahoma has a really good offense. I agree with Tyler, but they have no defense. Texas is steadily improving week to week to week, and Todd Orlando is brilliant at in-game adjustments when it comes to defense. The blueprint is out, gentlemen. Army can run on Oklahoma. Texas will copy that. And the key to beating the Sooners is keeping Kyler Murray on the bench. Henceforth, I think Texas wins, but it will be an epic uh, Red River shootout. Uh, I I love this game. Uh, Hate Texas. I love Oklahoma here. So I'm with uh, Tyler. So, damn it, Tyler. (laughs) (laughs) I should say damn it, Justin. (laughs) Hey, I'm I'm at 6-0, buddy. All right, Tanner, we're coming to you now. Number five, LSU, three-point favorites at number 22, Florida. Yeah, I, I, This is my game of the weekend, guys. I, I really did, had a tough time with this game. Um, you know, the last four times these teams have played, uh, it's been decided by less than seven points. I think this is going to be a great game, but at the end of the day, I think Joe Burrows is the difference. Last week, he went 18 for 25 for 292 Three scores while adding 96 and a TD on the ground. The kid is a stud. I wish we would have gotten him. Um, I like LSU squeaking out this victory. Patrick. Darn it, Tyler. Don't bring up bad memories. The burrow that got away. Um, look, I think LSU has got a more balanced team. I know it's in Gainesville. I know the Gators are supposed to be all that in the swamp. But, you know, we're supposed to be against the Swamp in this year. So uh, I'll say that LSU wins. Burrow's a heck of a quarterback. They And uh, the way the Tigers have opened up the offense is really something compared to <laughs> compared to uh, past years. So, yeah, LSU wins in Gainesville. Derek? Maybe if Jebbia had transferred in the spring, they would have went after Joe Burrows. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Uh, you're right. Joe Burrow is a better quarterback. I think uh, LSU has got a slightly better defense. Uh, I can't get over the. I just I can't get over uh, Florida right now. I don't think they're a great team. They've they've managed to win some games. I don't think they've done well in winning those games. But I think LSU is the way better team this year. I, got I like LSU as well. All right, Patrick, we're coming to you. Arizona State at number twenty-one. Colorado. Colorado is three-point favorites. Well, you know, 
I could be childish and petty and, but you guys know me, so I'm probably that anyway. Um, <laughs> the thing is, is that Colorado is, I mean, they're number 21 in the nation. Uh, and it's just hard to ignore that. Montez is a great quarterback. Chenault is going to be like Terrell Owens minus the baggage. Uh, it's going to be, I think the Buffaloes beating Arizona state. What Herm Edwards has done with the uh, Sun Devils is impressive, but you just can't ignore it's in Boulder and you just can't ignore the Buffaloes are very quietly number one in their, in their, uh, in their, in their uh, division in the conference. Derek, you know what? Colorado scores 40.3 points per game and only giving up 17.8 points per game. Arizona State only scores 31.6 and giving up 19.8. So when you score more points and give up less points, I think you got to go with that team, right? So I got to go with Colorado. Tyler? Well, I think that happens because Colorado's combined opponents' records are 1-17. Colorado (laughs) hasn't played anyone. Uh, Arizona State, on the other hand, has uh, beaten Michigan State and played within a touchdown of Washington. I think Arizona State is a better team. I like Herm Edwards to go on the road to pull the upset. Solid pick there, Tyler. I'm a sucker for Colorado also. What that offense can do, I I have Colorado also. Uh, Derek, we're coming back to you. Number 13, Kentucky at Texas A&M. Texas A&M is favored in this game by five. That blows me away. Right now, I... A&M's not proven anything to me. Like, they, they played really strong against Clemson and have kind of pissed down their pants after ever since. Uh, you know, I mean, come on. They struggled against Arkansas last week. Only won that game 24-17. I just I, – I, I, I think Kentucky's possibly a good team this year. I hate saying that, but it seems like the Wildcats are actually a good team. And I think they go into College Station and – shut them down and and do what they do and win that game. Tyler. Um, I I actually am on a different side of this. You know, I think Texas A&M, you know, they're not the greatest team maybe, but they're six against the run. Kentucky's 12th rushing. Something's got to give. And at that situation with that tight, I give the home field advantage. Um, I I like A&M to win this game. Patrick. Kyle Field, 12th man, and Jimbo Fisher give uh, A&M the edge. So, Aggies. I like Kentucky here. I tell you what, I am really impressed and surprised by this Kentucky team. Uh, Todd, are you laughing because we're like opposites on almost all of our picks? Oh, it's a lot of uh, up and down right now. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> I can go back to you. I know you just don't want to hit that, stay in that cellar, but I, I think you're going to stay there. I, I think Kentucky wins this game here. It's right, a basketball school. Come on, hey, they, some some along the line they figured out how to play some football because they're playing some good football. All right, Tyler, Mister Smartass, uh, Notre Dame six and a half point favorites at number twenty four, Virginia Tech. You know, Notre Dame has won some big games beating Stanford and Michigan, uh, but they've also looked kind of poor in a couple games. Uh, they barely beat Vanderbilt and Ball State. So I don't really know complete what to make of them, but what I do know is they've got a couple seniors on defense. They're absolutely studs. Jerry Tilly 
has six sacks and three forced fumbles. And uh, their leading tackler, a middle linebacker, Tavon uh, Coney, has leads the team in tackles, one sack, one interception, one forced fumble, has done it all. I think they just have enough to beat Vodtech on the road. Patrick. Excuse me. Um, you know, this seems like a trap game to me, or at least uh, a game that emotionally it's really big that they beat Stanford and they stand and they beat them as handily as they did. Uh, right now, they're coming off a big win. Everyone's paying attention to them. However, they lost the main anchor to their offensive line that might hurt them, and uh, they're due for a letdown. So I'm going to go for the Hokies. Wow, Derek. Are you kidding me? This is the same Hokies team that lost to Old Dominion. Enough said. Golden Domers dominate this game. I, I like Notre Dame pretty handily also. Uh, so that means Vodtech's going to win that game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know where you got all this confidence from, Tyler. I mean, aren't you a dead last right now? I, I, my point is I don't know when all three of us have disagreed with the guest and the guest was wrong. i'm just saying the irish have always been disappointing uh year in year out that that'll probably continue so it's only a matter of time gentlemen all right let's get to the husker game this is our score prediction segment so uh nebraska again travel to uh, madison play with number 16 wisconsin the line opened up at 22 and a half right now uh wisconsin's favored by 19 uh, who wants this? Derek, we're going to you, I guess. You always got to go to me first. Uh, we might have 15 penalties for 200 yards in this game. <laughs> we we might have we might have be like minus four dif- uh, turnover differential in this game. I don't know. Right now, I don't see a lot of ways that we beat Wisconsin. I don't even know if we. I don't think we even keep it close. I think Wisconsin's a better team. The culture there is way better. They are they've been in their groove for many years, and there's just too many moving parts in Nebraska right now that just aren't where they need to be. I think uh, Wisconsin wins forty two to four seventeen. Forty two seventeen. All right, Tyler. Yeah, I mean Derek, we're on the same page. This is not going to be a good game. You know what? It's sad. I never thought I'd say this, but I'm hoping for a moral victory. I would love this to be a game in the fourth quarter. Um, Frost is a good coach. He's going to get it figured out, but um, but I, I stop this week. I, I think Wisconsin wins thirty-eight to sixteen. Patrick, well, the good news is is the only thing um, beats us as far as uh, insider uh, trouble is the U.S. Ryder team. Uh, look. <laughs> The thing is, is that we just have so much baggage, so much internal stuff to deal with. And until that stuff is settled, until we finally get some players that believe in the system, believe in the coach, it's just not going to happen. And, uh, you know, if if we're lucky, hopefully Divine Zigbo gets a touchdown. Hopefully Pickering gets a little bit of a confidence boost with uh, three points added to that. And with that, I think Wisconsin is going to win 35 to 10. 35 to 10. I have it. Uh, Wisconsin winning forty-one to twenty-four. Wisconsin's off the bye, not like they need the bye to face us. Uh, but you know what, Derek? I agree. You know, until we start seeing some of these issues that have 
been a trend over the first four games until I can see proof of that getting cleaned up. I, I just can't pick Nebraska here. Uh, Derek, what do you want to say? <laughs> Here's my bold prediction. Nebraska will have 600 yards but can't score. Oh, <laughs> I, Okay, my bold prediction is we get cruel. a blocked extra point. That's where I got 16 points from. Blocked extra point. Ta- uh, Patrick, why don't you throw it out, out a bold prediction? Um, I think jump around is going to cause some stadium damage. All right, all right. Uh, I don't know if I have a bold prediction. Other than uh, you know, what? I'll just make something up here. Uh, DiCaprio Boodle gets a interception. That's a safe he's one. Due. Right? He's due. That's yeah, they were safe. talking. What's no. that? Oh, what? that's not safe. What? What? Like your blocked extra point safe? <laughs> I I I will bet you money right now. I, I, I would bet better if Pickering just misses the extra point before he gets blocked. He's pulling out his wallet. Fair enough. There will be a missed extra point in this game before we get an interception. I mean. <laughs> wow. Wow. Hey, you know what? Okay, not that I'm shocked that we all picked Wisconsin here. Uh, but I'm looking at our next three games here. Northwestern, Minnesota, and Bethune-Cookman. Uh, I want to ask you guys. Which game do we ha- can we win next? I mean, what, what's our next win? Really want Tyler. the answer. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. No, I, I think, you know, Northwestern is going to be a tough game on the road. I had us losing that game going into the year. They've done nothing to conference. But I will tell you this much, guys. If, if Frost can get this team to turn around and they show up against Madison, I may be seeing a different tune against Northwestern. It is plausible that we go 3-0 and in those games. Uh but it's also plausible that I become a millionaire, so I don't take it for what it's worth. Derek? Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, you're right. I, I actually really think there's a possibility we could go 3-0 and in those three games. Uh, however, I'd really probably see us going more 2-1. and I, I don't think Minnesota's very good. Uh, I think that's a game we can win. Bethune-Cookman, if we lose that one, maybe we need to start talking about it. No, 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 no don't say, say it. it. No, I'm not going to say it. But hey. but we can't lose to Bethune Cookman. Like that's a game that you you lose that one, and it's just oh, I'm going to puke all over the. All right, all right place. Patrick, I'm going to get to you in a second here. But since both of these guys said it, I, I got to ask. They're talking about we could, uh, you know, we could probably go three and zero. Oh. What would be more likely to you over these next three games, going three and zero oh or zero oh and three? <sighs> I, okay, you guys don't want to answer the question. <laughs> so, ta- so Patrick, we'll get to you now. Uh, <laughs> I think you want to vomit over that question. <laughs> yeah, I'm already feeling it. Maybe right. the Chinese I had earlier, though. All right, so, uh, it, so what do you think? Our next win could come, th- come from Northwestern, Minnesota, or Bethune-Cookman. Well, you know, I want to... I want to make sure, you know, that I don't escalate to narcotics use um, sometime this year. Uh, I'll say this. I think I think we have a chance against the Gophers. I would love to beat the Gophers. I have a very annoying co-worker who's a diehard Golden Gopher fan. Drives me nuts, and I want to rub it in his face. It would just sicken me, just sicken me if Nebraska only had their one win against Bethman. It would, it would be like, you know, it would be like 
uh, cheers, uh, you know, getting like uh, excited over beating Gary's Old Town Tavern. It was just, you know, uh, I, I got to say Minnesota. All right. All right. So uh, I'm not going to answer the question. Uh, so oh, such a cop out. What the hell's wrong with you? Let's get a judge of things. We'll lose every do game. Whatever this year. I want. No, no. Okay, I'll, I'll say I'll say Bethune Cookman. Right you know, now. Justin, you are the most optimistic in the score predictions, though. Just gonna point that out. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think this game. Oh my God! I see Derek celebrating over there. The Cubs must have just scored here, so uh, we're probably probably lose Derek here. It's tied one one. <laughs> uh, Oh, okay. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I like Bethune-Cookman uh, as our next win. Uh, I'm not going to go out there and say we could go 3-0 at all. I'm, I'm not that brave. I just don't want to say that. I don't think <laughs> All right. Uh, before you guys go on, let me, let me ask you this. Do you think there's any possibility that, say, okay, we play a tough game against Wisconsin, and we go in and we beat with uh, Northwestern. Can you see the season starting to take a turn and maybe start winning more games? Like, can they build a little confidence off of that, or, or is this season just pretty much done? No, I, I do. I think there is. If okay, I, I don't like moral victories, but if you go play a competitive game against Wisconsin, the next three games are winnable. Ohio State's not a winnable game, but I don't. Illinois is. We get Michigan State at home. They less than impressive because Derek gave him the kiss of death. Then you end up with Iowa. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there is a pathway to get there. I mean, not a good one, not a likely one. You'd have to give me a hundred one odds on it, but there is a pathway for some success. Well, well, let's not forget that Iowa is the shit stain in my drawers too. <laughs> Patrick. Uh, based on what's been going on as far as the depth chart changes, um, as far as getting players that want to actually be on the field, want to actually compete and buy in, he's looking at the long game here, not the short-term uh, benefits. Uh, I, it just, I, If anything, I think uh, maybe after Bethune, uh, we might get a, a win or two. I'm hoping we beat Iowa. I think that would be a moral victory. I said before, uh, Michigan State might be a, a huge upset. I'm still kind of going for that just because I, I need to have something to get me to w- uh, wake up on Saturday. So, <laughs> All right, Patrick, uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, we look completely forward to your next article, your Wisconsin preview on HuskerHype.com. We always enjoy your reading. We love your writing style, so keep up the great work there. Uh, And we'll be talking to you soon. Appreciate that. Uh, Listeners, uh, if you want to reach me, uh, my email is patrick at huskerhype.com, and I'm also available on Twitter at huskerhype1. And with that, gentlemen, have yourselves a lovely night and uh, graduate to the uh, horse tranquilizers uh, from your (laughs) All right, thanks, Patrick. Right, later, later on, Patrick. Later on, Derek. Bye, Tyler. All right, now it's time for the Let It Ride segment. This is the segment where we bet one game each week, and we take the winnings, and we keep rolling it over and over and over. At the end of the year, whatever money is remaining, we're going to donate to a charity. That charity is going to be Tom Osborne's teammates. Great charity. 
Uh, we already secured a $50 donation from huskerhype.com, so that will go to whatever winnings. Uh, so, uh, we guys, we actually had a win last week. Boise State and Wyoming, 17-point uh, uh, was the spread. So with our $3 bet last week, now after juice, it's 573 This week, we are going to roll that 573 into the Washington State minus 17 at Oregon State. Tyler, why is this a good bet? I think Oregon State's a really bad team. Um, I, I think that's where it starts from. But you also look at what uh, Washington State did. I mean, last week they beat uh, Utah. Um, they, you know, they, they've won three games this season by over 30 points, I mean, or at least 20 points. I mean, they're, they're a pretty good team with their lone loss coming to USC on the road. Uh, I, I do think Washington State's a pretty good team, and I do look for them to have it a big week this weekend. All right, so we are giving up a little bit juice here for this game. Uh, we're giving up 15% juice. So our 573 bet is going to uh, gain us $5.21. But we are locked in, and yeah, I, I think it's a great pick. I think Washington State covers. That's solid pick. Good job, guys. All right. Before we get out of here, we got to do last call, guys. Last call to you, Tyler. My last call is the Drew Brees. One of the things that I did not know about, and because it's been met with very to little fanfare, is that Drew Brees is about 219 yards away from breaking the NFL all-time passing record from Peyton Manning. Um, he's about 100 yards from passing Brett Favre. Um, Drew Brees, I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan. You have crushed us for years, but you are a class act, top 10 quarterback all time. Kudos to you, sir. That's it. That's all you got to say. All right. <laughs> Derek, thoughts? Ah, maybe they need to change the rules on these uh, roughing the passer penalties. Maybe you wouldn't have so many yards. Yeah, I, I, great quarterback. You know, he's, he's, he's no Tom Brady, but solid quarterback. Last call to you, Derek. Oh, so as, as everybody here knows, I'm the uh, baseball fanatic here. And uh, oh, right now I'm actually watching the Cubs in the Colorado wild card game. Uh, so I'm trying to stay as focused as I can. But for all you non-baseball fans, you sit here and tell me that baseball's boring. I don't know how you can think this, but when you have a play-in game to get into a wild card or division win, win in two different divisions in, 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 the, in the National League, like this has been one of the most exciting years I've ever watched in baseball. Like This is fun. Don't you think that it's kind of stupid that after 162 games, you don't have any other tiebreaker than an extra game? No, I mean, that's, that's what makes it great. 162 not enough? Maybe no. maybe we should play like 220 so we don't have this. That's what makes it great. Like there's a tie. So they do it right. They say, okay, there's a tie. Play each other. See who wins. That's what makes it great. It's, it's kind of silly. And I'm not saying it's, 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 it's literally the most ridiculous thing in the world. Baseball is all about series. Every All year you're playing series. This yeah. series, this series. And it comes down to one game. Great drama. I love it. Postseason baseball is one of the best things. I agree with Derek. Um, the season's been pretty uh, interesting, um, especially in the NL Central, which 
you know, me and Derek have opposing views on. Um, but it's been a really fun division to watch all year. And um, go Rockies, go. Oh, I hate you. All right. My last call is going to go out to former Husker Mike McCashland, who should never have a last call because he was arrested for beating or for putting his hands on a pregnant woman at the Purdue game last week. Not cool. Not cool. No last call for you. You're cut off from the bar. No more for you. Tyler. You said it best, Justin. Derek. Screw that guy. (laughs) All right. Derek's just focused on his Cubs game right here. (laughs) So that must be a good sign for me. All right. It's time to get out of here, guys. Great show as always. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for our episodes on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Husker.com. All feedback is welcome. Let us know how you like the show. Help us out and share this episode. Get our show out there. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. As always, go Big Red.